see you. It's good to be with you this morning. My name is Rick. I'm one of the pastors here at Hope Church, and I'm with Dave Falcone, also one of the pastors here at Hope, and uh, uh, good. this is the first time we've ever done this. I know. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. yeah as a matter of fact, a uh, little factoid you may not know is that Dave and I have known each other for almost 30 years. We're not brothers, uh, which a lot of people say we are, uh, and we have worked in ministry together for more than 20 but we've never preached together. Never once. No, so this is a new thing for us. I'm uh, excited to yeah. do that. Excited to be here. Uh, so we're in this prayer series, and uh, really uh, one of those things that's so needed today. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, when we first went into our pandemic mode and began uh, meeting at home, one of the first things we did as a church was we created a daily prayer email, and that's because prayer we know is so important in our lives, and uh, uh, we've been uh, continuing that throughout. We have hundreds of people who receive that daily email, and uh, it's, it's uh, for, I get it, and I think it's a great thing for me to know that while we're separated, we are not together. We're still all praying together, and that's a, that's a really great thing, because we believe that prayer is something that is so important. We talk about it often, I think for at least two reasons. While it is uh, prayer can be simple. It can feel overwhelming, and it mm-hmm. can it can um, uh, it can even be uh, misunderstood very easily, which can make prayer intimidating. Uh, I remember when I was uh, just a, probably a preteen, I went to a, a Christian summer camp, and while I was there, I met a pastor. His name was Milt. And uh, all the kids called him Uncle Milt. Uh, did you ever meet Uncle Milt? I, I met him. Yeah, a long we went time to the ago. same summer camp, which is where Dave and I met. And uh, but while I was there uh, in a class with Uncle Milt, um, he was probably my age and, and now, but I thought he was so old back then. But I remember listening to him talk, and it was fine. But then when Uncle Milt would pray, I was just overwhelmed as this young kid. He prayed as if Jesus were in the room with us. Uh, as a matter of fact, when he prayed, uh, I one time, I, I vividly remember, I kind of opened in my eyes just a little bit because I thought Jesus must have entered the room because Uncle Milt was praying as if Jesus was right there with us. And it really, I know that that was one of those moments that marked me. It began to change my understanding of prayer. Yeah, and it's it, sometimes it's very intimidating being around someone that just, they, they pray as if the Holy Spirit is pouring out mm-hmm. of them, right? And, and uh, I know that this is uh, the same for you, but I get asked to pray uh, often as the, the prayer right. at wedding receptions, right? You know, it's because, you know, I am, uh, I, I should be good at that because I am a pastor. That's, you know, that's, that's what I do. That's what I get paid to do, right? Um, and, and people often say to me, it's like, well, you went to school to learn how to pray. Well, I, we didn't go to school to learn how to pray. We, we learned how to pray when we were younger as, right. as teenagers. And, and for me, that's when, when I learned. I learned when I was in youth group and, and around other students and my leaders who, uh, through learning and listening and, and watching them uh, pray, that's, that's, ha- that's how I learned how to pray. Yeah, and so while it may seem intimidating, we do find it very important, which is why we're in this, James, uh, in this, in this uh, prayer series right now. So this morning, we're going to look at two different scriptures about prayer. One is from uh, James, which happens to be a series that we just finished. And a matter of fact, these verses, uh, Pastor Steve mentioned them a few weeks ago. But we want to look at them again because uh, James offers some real practical advice about prayer and about our relationships. Relationships. And then after that, we're going to also look at something Paul wrote 
to a church in Corinth when uh, he was talking about his personal prayer life, which again, I think is going to be real helpful to us this morning. So Dave, let's jump right in. Yeah, we're going to jump right into the James passage, James chapter 5. It'll be up here on on the screen. We're just looking at verse 16 today. It says this, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Real simple, uh, basic stuff here from, from James, but I think what he's talking about uh, when he talks about prayer here is he's actually talking about relationships. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I don't think it's as, as clear to us until we really look at it, but he says to confess to each other so that you may be healed. But let's be real, saying uh, I've messed up, uh, saying I was wrong, it's, it's really hard and it makes us vulnerable. I know, you know, I know personally I struggle with that. I know personally you struggle with that. Um, you know, and, and that's just one of the things that, that many of us uh, deal with. In fact, uh, one of my daughters is dealing with this uh, right now in her life. And, and she and I have had conversations about this. And, and I've told her, hey, like, hey, look, it's okay to make a mistake. And it's okay to be wrong. You just have to own up to it. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing about the conversation between she and I that drives me crazy is I know exactly where she gets mm-hmm. it from. And, and so when I see my faults being replicated in my child, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's infuriating, really. Um, but growing up for me in my house, we were taught that being wrong was a weakness. And, and it wasn't like, it, you know, our parents sat us down and said, being wrong is a weakness. It was unintentional. It was just kind of this unspoken thing that, that came about in our house. And, and so if you were wrong, you were weak. And, and, and so this kind of has been a problem that I've dealt with for most of my life. And I see this in my daughter. And and it's a struggle because I'm like, oh, you know, if you could only see what I have learned in my life and know that it's really not a weakness. And it's okay if you're wrong. It's okay if you mess up. In fact, I expect it. I expect you to be wrong. I expect you to mess up. But what's really important is to own up to it, to confess what we've done, even though it's so hard because it's, it's our faults and it's our mistakes. And, and all we have to do is just confess uh, those faults and mistakes to the person we've offended, right? And when we're able to confess, when we can experience some of that healing that James is talking about, that's what makes a world of difference. And, and that's what's really important, I think, is what James is trying to get across in this first part of this verse. But James isn't done there. He continues, uh, and we'll have this on the screen, James chapter 5, the rest of verse 16 says this, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Mm -hmm. The earnest prayer of a righteous person is great power and produces wonderful results. I love the word earnest in this this verse. Uh, James actually uses it several times throughout the passage, and I I looked it up because, you know, we should always look things up in the dictionary, and Merriam-Webster defines the word earnest as resulting from or showing sincere and intense conviction. So resulting from or showing sincere and intense conviction. So really what the question then is, what is earnest prayer? And earnest prayer is when we are praying for good to come from your relationship with, uh, with someone else. So not praying for harm to come to someone, um, uh, not praying for ill will, but it's really about what, what our intent is. It's not a selfish intent. It's not a self-serving intent. It's earnest. It's, it's deep. It is, uh, it's showing sincere and intense conviction. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, back to what James says, he says, earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So earnest prayer is a powerful thing. It's not something to be taken lightly because it is powerful and it produces wonderful results. So why? Because we get to talk to the God of the universe, the, the divine God. Uh, and it, it's in that communion with God that, that these wonderful results are produced. Now, here's the, the trouble with it. Here's the problem is that it doesn't mean that they're the results that I want. You know, because sometimes we get that mixed up that, you know, if, if we pray that God's going to answer our prayer exactly how we want, uh, the way we want it, it doesn't mean that the results are exactly how I want them to be. In fact, it doesn't even mean that the word wonderful is the same way I would define the word wonderful, right? But we know that the, the results are wonderful results. So the question is, what, what are these wonderful results and how can we see them? What are signs of them? You know, I, I would say that the signs of this, uh, these results would be uh, you know, threefold. That we would see that we have a connection with the divine God. You know, that, that is a sign of a wonderful result. Uh, that this connection leads to a change in our thinking about and uh, healing in our relationships. And most importantly, a change in me, mm. you know, and, and I think that that is key when we, when we look at uh, our, our prayers and, and the earnest prayers that we have. We need to be praying for the other person. So like James says, the relationship can be healed and yeah. we can see that healing in that relationship and, and really think about it. It's harder to be angry with someone when you're praying for them, right? right? Exactly. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it comes down to this, Rick, and uh, th this idea, and we're going to, I know we'll highlight this more as we go, but prayer is not about me changing God, but God changing me. Prayer is not about me changing God, but yeah. God changing me. And I think uh, James, you know, to sum up everything James says is prayer uh, for each other. We, we pray for each other because prayer has great power. It heals relationships. It, it provides a connection with the divine and it creates a change in us. Yeah, that's, that's really good stuff, Dave. Uh, you know, this idea that prayer is a necessary ingredient for our human relationships, that it, it makes our human relationships whole, and that prayer is powerful because we have this connection to this infinite God of the universe. And, and really, I love it. it it's, it's so much like the, that we talk often about loving God and loving others, right? That it's about vertical and horizontal relationships, that as we pray with this God of the universe, that that causes change in my life, which now impacts my vertical relationships. And I, yeah, it's just this great stuff that prayer is not about me changing God, but about God changing me. But some of us might say, hey, I wonder if God is even listening when I pray, uh, and why should I pray if prayer is not about me changing God? Uh, and I think Paul addresses that in this next portion. And one of the things that I'm going to mention is I would love if we could have James and Paul in the room together for this conversation. That would be awesome. Instead of you and me, but yeah. instead have James and Paul. But uh, in this letter in the church in Corinth, Paul talks about his personal prayers. Um, Paul has been praying about something that is causing him real physical pain and real torment. Now, we don't know exactly what it is. Paul doesn't really give us the details, except that uh, it's causing him some real 
physical pain. So it may be that he's uh, experiencing blindness, uh, you know, because he did have that road to, a, uh, uh, road to Damascus experience where, where uh, he was blinded. And so did he have residual effects from that? That was actually one person suggested that, that is a blindness issue. Uh, another common belief is that Paul is suffering from a, a form of malaria, which is causing severe fevers and headaches. And in the Mediterranean area there, there was this malaria that was spreading and it caused these real severe uh, migraine-like headaches and, and, and severe fevers. And others, though, think that he may have even suffered from uh, seizures that were caused uh, by epilepsy. So we don't know what it was, but we know it was severe. We know that it, it affected him and caused great pain in his life. And whatever it was, uh, as a matter of fact, he called it a thorn. He called it a stake, the word stake in the flesh. Like it caused that kind of pain. It was so terrible in his life that he said it came from Satan. That's how bad this pain was. And so he has this experience in his life and he prays about it because that's what we do. We pray about those things that bother us and, uh, and we want God to intervene. And so his prayer is this, it's up on the screen, or he says, he says three different times, I beg the Lord to take it away. I mean, Paul was praying. He says he was begging God to take away the pain. And each time, God did not take it away. God didn't answer the way Paul wanted. And this is where I love that Paul and James in a room together because I'd love to be able to say, hey, James, uh, what do you think of Paul's prayer life? You know, you said that earnest prayers have wonderful results. Paul's prayer's not earnest? Um, did Paul's prayers not have great power, James? Did his prayers not produce these results that you say they should be producing? Paul says three different times, I beg the Lord to take it away. And then he says this, each time he said, my grace is all you need, my power works best in weakness. So Paul was praying for the pain to go away. But God didn't take it away. God didn't answer his prayer that way. Instead, God chose to answer the prayer the way God answers so many prayers differently. He offered grace and he worked through Paul's pain. And so we see, and that I think is because we see the circumstance, right? We see the situation while God sees this bigger picture. And so it's really an important truth for us that God doesn't answer prayers as we expect. God answers differently. But this doesn't mean that prayer isn't working because we're seeing the circumstance. We're seeing the situation that we're currently in while God is seeing a much bigger picture. And yeah. if you read the rest of uh, that paragraph, we see that Paul, uh, Paul describes how God responds to Paul's prayer and the way he responded, it changed Paul. And this is where I think it was the, um, uh, what's, what's the uh, wonderful results came from this. The wonderful results, if Paul were here, I think he would say is that Paul said, later talks about the gladness he experiences because of Christ. He talks about God working through him and he even uses the word contentment, that he's content in every circumstance. So when Paul was praying, when Paul was begging, God was changing Paul. And so that, again, back to our takeaway this morning, prayer is not about me changing God, but about God changing me. Yeah, Rick, it's just like uh, James's challenge 
to pray for each other, right? And it's, it's hard to be angry, it's hard to be upset, uh, or, or in a broken relationship with someone when you're praying for them, because broken relationships are healed through that confession and through that prayer. And, you know, it's, it's you know, whether it's a micro level, a macro level, mm-hmm. whether it's individuals or, or within, a, within a whole community, but, you know, thinking about it, within our world today, yeah. it's so needed, yeah, right? Yeah, you, you know, so it's change. We need yeah. so much change in our lives. Yeah. Right? Um, and, and our world is so divided and it's so easy to push someone else away because they think differently than yeah. I do. They look differently than I do. Uh, they are on the opposite political aisle than I am. You know, uh, you know, whatever that difference is, whatever it is that's causing a wedge in my relationship with someone else, you know, whatever that may be. You know, now, especially in our world today, I, I think we need to find more ways to, to come together, to mend the brokenness, to mend that division. You know, we have, uh, uh, with... We have with others uh, to find a way to draw closer together, even in our differences. And I think sometimes we have to we have to recognize that our differences are what can draw us closer together. I recognize that exactly where that starts. It starts with me, you know. And I think that if each of us uh, recognize that it all starts with each of us, we can begin to allow that change to happen, which goes back to our point that prayer is not about changing God, but it's about changing me. Prayer doesn't always change the situation, Mm. but how I view the situation, or maybe even how I view someone else. Yeah, because we're seeing the circumstance and the situation while God's seeing a bigger picture, and he's choosing to work on our hearts and work on our lives. And so, you know, this isn't an original thought. Uh, Decades ago, C.S. Lewis uh, said this same thing. Uh, He said, it's up on the screen right now, I think. Yep. So he said, I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. It doesn't change God, it changes me. I mean, Uh, C.S. Lewis understood that as he prayed, it was causing change in his life, and prayer became part of who he was. And and really, as I look back on it, I think that was what I was learning from Uncle Milt Mm. many, 30, over 40 years ago uh, uh, at at camp, is is that this man understood the need for prayer in his life because it was changing him from the inside out. And, and since prayer changes you and me, we need to choose to lean into prayer even more during seasons that we're currently in. Um, so you may not be praying like C.S. Lewis or Uncle Milt, but if you're, and even if you're brand new at praying, uh, some, there's some great ways you can do it. Just simple prayers, uh, even things like thanking God before a meal, if you've never done that before, before you eat, sitting down, just thanking God for all that he provides for you. Uh, a 10 second mm-hmm. prayer before you go to bed, or maybe when you first wake up in the morning and, and had those that 10 seconds increase over time that where you're spending maybe a few minutes in prayer before you go to bed or before or when you get up or I know some people they like to pray while they drive which sometimes with traffic that's a good thing to be doing is praying <laughs> while you're driving right? <laughs> and so we really uh, but really what we're, what we're saying is we want to we want to be leaning into Jesus with all that we have especially at this time because uh, a lot of times I've heard people say, all I can do is pray, but really what we should be thinking is the best thing I can do is pray. Um, because it's not an emergency outlet, it should be and is our first response. Because we have this 
incredible available connection to the, that we are finite beings, but yet we have this infinite connect, or connection to the infinite God of the universe. Yeah, and so really then the question from there becomes, what do we do now? Where should we take this? Where should we go with this? And, and I think that it, it, the simple takeaway here is, is like Rick said, um, is, is pray. You know, and, and so here are some things to be praying about. Pray for your healing. Uh, pr- sorry, pray for healing in your relationships and, and even in your community. Uh, pray for uncertainty about schools as they are opening up this week. Uh, pray for those around you and, and their work and their careers that they may continue to hold jobs to support their families. Um, mm. Pray for businesses, yeah. the economy, uh, unemployment to go down. I mean, ma- many ways that you could be praying. Right, all these simple prayers. Maybe not all at the same time, but just as you think of these things, pray for them. And, and while praying, also I think it's important that we look for ways that God needs to bring healing or God needs to be changing us mm-hmm. in our habits and in our patterns and, and even in the way that we think. You know, because we say this often here at Hope, that we believe that we are all in the process of being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ for the sake of others. Now, that part, being conformed, could easily be changed into heart change for others. So, so we are being in the process of, or we are in the process of being conformed. God is changing our hearts, changing our habits, changing our patterns, changing the way we think for the sake of others. Because uh, prayer is this inclusive uh, opportunity to bring all of us together. It's always asking God, how does my heart need to change? Because the things that are happening in our culture, you know, the racism, the fighting, the division, it is often, if not always, I would maybe argue always a heart issue. Mm. Because prayer is not about changing God, but it's about changing me. So we're going to, you know, we're in a prayer series, so we thought it was important that we spend some time praying together. And so we're going to end our time together with a prayer. And Pastor Dave is going to lead us in that prayer, right, Dave? Yeah, let's pray together. So Lord Jesus, we come before you now. We ask for healing in our relationships and in our communities. We ask that you guide uh, the leaders in our communities, in our state, in our country, um, that that through everything they're going uh, to be deciding in the coming days and weeks and months and, and year ahead, that they have the strength to make decisions for the sake of others. We ask that you guide uh, our, our teachers and administration and, and school boards that, that in all of their decisions uh, in, in, in our schools uh, opening back up here in New Jersey this week, that even when they make decisions we like or don't like, that, that we can be behind them in prayer and and hope and pray that they will make decisions for the sake of others. And Lord, may we find strength in all of the uncertainty that is coming in the weeks ahead. May you bless our employers. May you bless uh, the local businesses and, and, and the companies in, in our communities as we navigate these uncertain and unique times. Lord, may our relationships with our current or former employers and our coworkers, may they find healing and be strengthened. Lord, we pray that, that things will turn around for the economy and for unemployment. 
we pray that as a community, we will band together to help each other out and to help each other get through this. And so, Lord, with all that is going on in the world, we pray specifically for the damaged relationships in our lives. And in our heart, I know that there, there might be someone or, or a few that come to mind that, that we need to pray, sport, pray for specifically. So we lift them up now. Lord, help that relationship or those relationships to be healed and restored. And as our relationships are healed with, with those around us, draw us closer together so we can find more ways to love, to care, and to look out for each other. Lord, remind us that we are in this together. Lord, there is so much division in this world. And I pray that you help us be multipliers of your love. Help us bring people together, regardless of who they are, regardless of what they believe and regardless of whether we agree. I pray that we are agents of change, of positive change in our world as we share the gospel of Jesus and as we spread your light to those around us. And we ask all of these things in your most precious and heavenly name, Lord. Amen.